United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson, one half of the podcast twins. Mickey Dumont and I are the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcasts, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we will keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. This week, we're talking to Karen Laflamme. As most of us realize, our union, the United Teachers of Lowell, is affiliated with AFT and AFT Mass. Within both of these larger organizations are many folks working quietly and diligently on our behalf at the local, state, and national level. One such person is field rep and AFT negotiator Karen Laflamme. Many of you may not know of Karen's work personally with AFT Mass, and most importantly, her advocacy for United Teachers of Lowell as an AFT negotiator. Karen has been part of the last two successfully bargained UTL contracts. The other aspect of Karen's support for members in several locals is that she is a field representative for AFT Mass. If you, like me, weren't quite certain about the responsibilities of a field rep, Karen breaks that down for us. As a third-generation union family member, Karen brings a wealth of labor knowledge which supports us all. She brings knowledge, intelligence, and dedication to her dual roles, field rep and negotiator, and our union is much stronger because of that. We'll start today, Karen, by asking you how you got to this point. How I got to Lowell. Uh, when I was in college, I was a senior in college, and I had Robert Reich as a professor who was the ex-secretary of labor under Bill Clinton, and he taught a class on the growing disparity between the rich and the poor, how that was getting worse than it had ever been before and what it meant for us as a country. And I decided at the end of that class that there were two ways to go about reducing the wealth gap. One is through quality public education, and the other was through strong unions. And so when I graduated from college, I applied to be a union organizer at AFSCME Council 93 in Boston. And I got the job, and that was my first uh, union job, and I've been working for unions ever since. But I also come from a union family. My dad was a, a labor attorney out in California, and my grandfather was field rep, which is what I do, organizer before that, and then was recruited to be a federal mediator with FMCS, the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service after he was a mediator for the state of Pennsylvania. And so he worked out of Buffalo, New York, mediating labor management disputes, and then became the Western Region Director of FMCS. And then my favorite story related to that was that when Ronald Reagan was, uh, became president in 1980, he asked my grandfather to resign, because he didn't, he didn't really support uh, folks that supported labor. Reagan didn't. And 
my grandfather told him to pound sand, so he had to fire him. I love that story. And here's a connection you probably don't know we have. I have. I was born in Buffalo, New York. No I was. I was. So we have that Western New York connection. That's amazing. It, Buffalo, it's so funny. Although I was raised in Los Angeles, my dad, who lived in Buffalo, raised his two daughters, Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres sports fan. Of course. <laughs> and we have no family in Buffalo, but it's become this mecca for my family. I was in school in Boston. My sister was in Virginia. My parents were in L.A. And we'd make annual pilgrimages uh, to, um, to Buffalo to see the sports fair. What a great story, Karen. So we're going to talk a little bit today about um, what you do with AFT and how you support us here in Lowell. I think you have a story that not many of our members know, so this is kind of exciting for them to learn about. So I worked for nine and a half years for AFSCME Council 93, which is a, a different public sector union, and then applied and was hired to be a field rep at AFT Massachusetts six and a half years ago. And and the other skill set, in addition to, to being a field rep, I was trained at AFSCME to be a, we call them stewards, a steward trainer. Here we call them building reps. Most of our folks work in schools uh, and there's lots of different buildings, for example, in Lowell. So we call our leaders at the school level building reps. One of my favorite parts of my job is getting to train folks to be active in their union, to be educated about their rights as union members and as union leaders and to really challenge them to think about how to engage their membership and grow their capacity and their strength uh, within their union and have it really be down up. It's not, I'm not the reason why Lowell has a great union. I have nothing to do with it, really. Well, I wouldn't say you have nothing to do with it. But, but it's, it's really going to be when our members understand what their rights are under the contract and what their rights under state and federal law are. And I love helping folks learn that and understand that. And also, my relationship to Lowell is unique because it's such a big union. You have been able to have your own field representative in Lowell, Michael Earl, than comparable. When I grow up, I want to be Michael Earl. <laughs> He's amazing. And the UTL members are just so lucky to have him. So he handles the day-to-day -day union issues that come up, whether it's discipline or labor management issues, an issue at a school. He handles that. And that's what I do in my other locals, who are much smaller than Lowell. Mm -hmm. So you have a dedicated field representative here, and you're so lucky to have them. In Lowell, I, I come in as a negotiator. So we negotiate a contract for any length of time, one to three years. I come in and help do that. But I'm lucky to be here because I've learned so much from being in Lowell. It's such an active union with such great leadership and such active members, active retirees. It's really inspirational. And so I've been able to take what I've learned in Lowell and translate it and try and help my other units benefit from the things I'm learning from you folks. That's great. So um, so you come up and you assist and you take some of this knowledge back and, and spread the wealth as well. And you also are there to support our union negotiators at contract time. Right. And that can get somewhat 
tricky, I guess, is the word I'd use. It can. You know, everywhere I go, the negotiating team and the union leadership tells me, oh, this place is different from everywhere else. And that's never true, except in Lowell. Lowell is truly a unique negotiating experience, and not always in a good way. But that's my job, to figure out how we get to a signed agreement. Uh, it's... Um, it's tricky because of the dynamics of the school committee, mm-hmm. political, uh, on the city side as well. So it's a challenge. And you've got a big union, and we represent four different contracts here. You have the teachers, the paraprofessionals, the school cafeteria workers, and the custodian and security guards. So it's it's a challenge trying to figure out how to get everyone involved and make sure that their priorities are being heard and addressed at the bargaining table. Making sure that their contracts are fair as far as working conditions as well as salary, I think, is probably tricky. Um, Usually when there's a negotiation, is there any kind of usual time? Um, I know Lowell has had quite a range of uh, negotiating time frames in the 30 years that I've been here. Is, it, is there any, any time when there's, oh, we, could, we should start about a year before the contract ends and we can expect to finish it, or is that not something that happens? That's a great question, Amy, and it varies in Lowell. When I was first assigned to Lowell, I think you were close to a year without a contract. It had expired. It, you were operating under the old contract. So there was a lot of catch-up we had to do. We began bargaining for the most recent contract a little bit earlier, which was helpful. I had had a better, I, I had worked with the negotiating team one cycle before, so that was helpful. So we knew each other. It does take a long time in Lowell, and unfortunately, it seems like the school committee is either afraid or unwilling to agree to a contract without going to mediation. And I, it's so frustrating. It doesn't have to be that way. I think we'd get to the same place in six months that we would in 18 months. It doesn't seem to need to be that way. One way I tried to address it in this last round of bargaining was by making a fourth year of the contract. Because we had negotiated for so long, we were already into the almost done with the first year by the time we settled. So we weren't we didn't want to go right back to the table. It's just exhausting and it's tough for the school committee and it's tough for our negotiating team who are full-time employees in law and they work a full-time job and they come and negotiate late nights uh, in the evening. So I was happy that we were able to settle on a adding a fourth year to the contract. It gave us some breathing room. There's obviously some challenges that Lowell is facing currently that could make it more difficult to reach a successor agreement, which we won't begin bargaining for another year. So our contract expires June 30th of 2020. So we just passed July 1. We're entering uh, the second year and then we'll have one more school year under a contract, and then that's when we'll begin So tying that into some of the foundation budget, it would be really helpful if the state lived up to its commitment for education by making sure that those teacher computations for teacher salaries yeah. were up to date and that 
Lowell wasn't scrambling for what they needed. Yeah, and and Lowell seems to be scrambling often for what it needs. And it's it's devastating and heartbreaking to see, I'm sure you as a, a Lowell resident and as a retired teacher, it's even more devastating. And Lowell does so much for their students. I mean, the teachers and the other staff just do so much for their students with the resources they have. It'd be incredible to see what they could do if they had the proper resources. And it always seems to be this fight between the city and the schools over trying to get more funding for the schools. And it's heartbreaking to see that it's such a challenge. But hopefully, yes, with the if we can get some money, if we can get a new foundation budget formula, that would go a long way. And that would help hopefully resolve negotiations in a, a quicker fashion. I totally am on board with that, boy. So um, one of the things we were talking about before we sat down today was that you do a really interesting training for our building reps. And you mentioned two that are coming up, so I'm going to ask you to give us a little detail on that. But can you talk a little bit, bit about that? Because we could actually have some building reps that might want to take advantage of that. Absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned before, I was trained to be a trainer at my last union, and I've been so excited about bringing that to AFT Massachusetts. And the types of things we go over are getting folks comfortable looking at their contract, looking up things in their contract so they can understand their contract, what it means so that they can help folks in their building also understand. And once you, you can't protect the contract and protect your working conditions if you don't understand what it is. Absolutely. So that's first. Uh, the, the other topics we cover, in addition to the benefits and protections you have as, under your contract, you also are protected by federal laws that protect union workers. So one that I concentrate on is called your wine garden right, which is your right as a union employee to ask for union representation when you're called into a meeting with management that you think may lead to discipline. So that is a huge right to be able to have someone there as a witness, as a support, to advise you if you're in a meeting with your supervisor. And, mo and unfortunately, the onus is on the individual employee to ask for that. So if an employee doesn't know about these rights, these wine garden rights, they could uh, theoretically get pulled into a situation that is really detrimental to their career and the longevity of their career. Correct, correct. Or they could, yes, and they could give information that they don't uh, understand, they don't answer questions they don't understand, answer questions that maybe the employer doesn't have the right to ask. Uh, and that, that does happen. It does happen, absolutely. And it's funny because I say I've never met anyone who regrets having their union representative at a meeting. <laughs> I've only met people that regret not asking for them to be there. But the, as I said, the onus is on the individual employee. So if they don't know they have that right, they can't exercise that right. So we train building reps on what the rights of the members are so they can help inform their own members at their building, but also what the right of the building rep is at that meeting. 
I've heard management say they're to be a fly on the wall. Well, that's not true at all. They're an active participant, making sure that the parties remain calm, that the questions are relevant, uh, that you understand the purpose of the meeting before you go into the meeting. These are all really important things that the building rep has to understand to help the member at those meetings. It's important for everybody to understand what their rights are as union workers, what the collective bargaining agreement says, mm -hmm. so that they are treated fairly. Yes, absolutely. So those are two of the things we cover in the trainings I do. A couple others, uh, we do exercises about talking to folks in your building when they come to you with a problem. They might insist that it's a grievance, having folks understand what is a grievance, what isn't a grievance, and then helping them talk to their coworker to try and get at the root of the problem and help them with it, whether it is a, a grievance that you file or not. And uh, Another topic we cover is solving workplace problems outside of the grievance process. Mm -hmm. There might be issues that are felt deeply by lots of folks at a school building that may not be a grievance, but they, when they work together, have a lot of power to try and fix the problem at the school level. Couldn't agree more. That could just blow up and, and you know, return to your your collaborative working environment. Definitely. Terrific, terrific. You also mentioned there was a training for uh, union leadership, is that correct? Right, so just to finish the, oh, no, 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 because I didn't say the date, and so I wanna make sure. So we're doing a regional building rep training September 15th. I think it's in Peabody, it's definitely on our website, aftma.net. Uh, there's information about the building rep training and that'll be great. We're expecting a lot of folks from a lot of the North Shore locals, and I'm really excited about that. We also, AFT Mass also has a leadership training, which I believe this year is September 29th. And that there will be some aspects, I, I'm assuming, I'll t I hope I'll be invited to do a training there. Uh, but I did a training last year. It's where I piloted the Solving Workplace Problems training for AFT Mass, which was really great and really well received. So I was excited about that. Uh, so there'll be an all-day training also on September 29th for our leaders. And that would be uh, more geared toward people who work in, in Lowell at the UTL office level. Is that correct? Or is it you know, I, I would encourage, if any building reps are interested, that they absolutely should attend. It's for folks, it's called the leadership training. We cover all sorts of things. There might be a training for treasurers. There might be a training on how to use social media for, you know, to empower and, and, and inform your members that you're building. It's a lot of a lot of useful information that I think building reps would, would find useful or if folks want to get involved. Education is never going to hurt anybody, right? right? Right, absolutely right. So we've been talking today with Karen Laflamme, who is one of the people who, uh, you know, I like to say it takes a village. Well, it takes more than a village to, to keep us all together and keep us working together and make us a strong union. And I thank you, Karen, for being with us today. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you, Karen, for sharing a bit about the way you and other field reps work for our union and for our members. For any building representatives interested in the trainings Karen mentions in this interview, be sure to take a look at the linked information on our podcast website. We will post more detail and contact links there. For more information about Weingarten rights, also check the website's links. Again, we thank you, our listeners, for tuning into this episode. We welcome your comments and your feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, please send us email at utlstraighttalk, that's utlstraighttalk, all one word, at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Amy Bisson. On behalf of Mickey Dumont, we wish you a great week.